everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. It is the continuation of our Keanathon. Wow. Just you just now that. thought of that on the last series of him. Mm-hmm. Great. And we are going through John Wick. And well, before we do that, why do we exist, Jordan? We exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And today we're talking about a sequel. And today we're talking about a sequel. And it's starring uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's John Wick Chapter 2. And we have one of our friends with us. We have Evan Coons. Hello. Hi, Evan. This is our second time having a person in person recording. Person in person. Th- this is, oh. since since we started, this is the third time we've had. Oh, because your Daniel, sister was here. Yeah, but you're, he's the second main feed that person that we've ever been in the same room with when we record it's crazy wow yeah i'm honored yeah so here you are and i am the person that you're gonna have to convince (laughs) (laughs) about that sequel thing i think okay well we attempt to convince every week evan so wow so this is only you only do sequels on this show huh no we do it all we do it all we pick the series we go through the series and we explore it as we go but what's funny is I, I've I've been excited about this for a while because this might be a contentious episode a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fight <laughs> because because John Wick two, I love loved it from the get go, mm-hmm. and I remember when we were you know when we would talk about movies and whatnot, you talked about how you didn't like this movie, and I was sort of like dumbfounded by that. Like, how could you not like this movie? Was this one of the movies that we? actually like upset like like one of us got upset <laughs> i feel like that was only interstellar i think so too okay yeah. i was just i was making sure because i yeah. didn't forget something yeah and uh, i'm not so raw these days <laughs> but uh so so when we were getting ready to do this series i thought i think we gotta have them because if nothing else this will provide some interesting insights for some of our listeners whether they like it or not because we we oftentimes guest comes on and they say something crazy and we're kind of like okay that's <laughs> fine you know we love movies that's why we're here so let's kick it off as we always do though mm-hmm. and let's A talk song. about yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about when was the first time you saw this movie and let's start with Evan and just your experience with the movie at the time basic yes yeah, basic experience I uh. Saw it opening day, I believe, wow. in theaters. Great, <clears throat> and I um, decided to watch it because I saw some rave, or I think some some hype, yeah, online, probably Reddit. Um, and so then I watched the first movie the day before in wow. anticipation okay. of watching the second movie, and that will be. Uh, <laughs> a major, um, just a major uh, thread throughout. I think m- the narrative that I that I have come to, that I I I've got an opinion, and because of that, I think my opinion of the second movie is explicitly related to my experience with the first movie. Perfect, great. Well, and I, you went with Grayson too, right? Because I remember, I think after that he was he was riding high on the movie, and you were kind of like, "Yeah." I hate and you it. know, I have to admit, <laughs> I've seen a <laughs> lot of simply. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies with you in the theaters, and I can never ever tell when we walk out whether you liked it or not. Yeah, I play it pretty close to the chest. Yeah, 
Which well, is well, not with my words, just on my face. I think. <laughs> yeah, because when we walked out of the French Dispatch, I was like, oh, I don't know if Evan liked that. I I just find that in my personality, like I I don't I don't want to be the guy that poops on everything that everyone likes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I and I found that I am, I am that guy a lot in in my <laughs> yeah, yeah, in my right. inner dialogue, and so I've learned to curb that. Um, and that's probably what you're seeing because I I'm happy to talk if somebody's game for it, but yeah. I don't ever want to offer up. It's not that I always have a negative opinion. I just um, I don't want my opinion to soil anyone else's experience, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm usually, I'm like, I, I've now learned to have people approach me if they care to mm-hmm. ask. So I'm usually not like, woo, mm-hmm. or like that sucked. Yeah. I, I try the older I get, unless you can tell with the room or there's something that's just like so egregious where you can be like, it's pretty safe that if I say, Hey, that was really stupid. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to be mad or anything, but, um, if if I'm excited, you'll hear me talking. That's always going to happen. But if I'm not, or if or if I'm just contemplating, like out of French Dispatch, I wasn't like riding high off of that movie. It took me like a day to kind of think about it before I was like, yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. it just wasn't my favorite Wes Anderson, which is okay. But when when we walk out of something bad, you know, it might be like, oh, okay, I gotta kind of. So I I understand that feeling. Yeah. If. I'm watching currently like in the middle of watching the movie. I'm not liking it. You will know. Mm. I, I'm so bad at hiding it. Yeah. Like I think one of my I can tells, sense it. There's yeah, like a moment. It's like an energy or something. It. But mm-hmm. like I feel like too for me a tell is when I just like throw my head on the back of the seat and mm-hmm. just like you gotta be kidding me. There's like another hour. I remember specifically when we saw Bohemian Rhapsody mm. with yeah. your parents. Like there were so many times I did that. And kind of after the movie, you were like. Yeah, I mean, you didn't say this verbatim or anything, but you might kind of felt like, yeah, you kind of like maybe ruined the experience for me because <laughs> the whole time just like, what is going on? This movie sucks as the movie's going. But I didn't like that movie, I for know. the record. I know, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't help you like the movie while I was yeah. watching it. I think I was more but like... I've, I've gotten better. Yeah. I've gotten better. I think I was more self-conscious that maybe my parents noticed and they like took us to the movies. And so I was like, I don't want them yeah. to be... Offended I, yeah, or I think something. I've gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I usually when in those cases I usually just um, go to the popcorn because I can't I can't be upset when yeah. I'm eating popcorn. That's great. Yeah, maybe I should get popcorn <laughs> when I I'm not sure I'll like the movie. <laughs> but that's why I try sometimes. When, like when we saw Eternals, when I was for sure when I got to that moment where I was like, man, I I can't stand this movie. That's when I like to turn and say something to you, Jordan, so you don't have to worry about making sure that i'm not noticing that you're hating the movie <laughs> yeah but once you do that all bets are off and i'm just gonna be like shaking my head the whole time i feel like if my ha- <laughs> if my head's in my hand yeah that's a bad that's sign that's a bad sign too but wow so what was your experience with this movie first oh, time um this it was when i showed it yeah, yeah it was the same experience i think it was a double week. feature mm-hmm. and i i liked it a lot Mm-hmm. The the action is just so freaking good. So you also saw one and then rolled right into two. Right into two. For the first time you saw one or yes. did you watch one before? No, wow. yeah, I hadn't seen those were both my first times Great. together. And um loved it so much. And then I know we'll talk about it more in John Wick Three about what I think about John Wick Three. But it's interesting watch so this is the only the second time I've seen John Wick Two and having since seen John Wick Three, 
think I've changed my tune a little bit about John Wick too. Mm. But I still like it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I might be. But is that off limits for for tonight? No, you can talk no, about I'll... it. We'll just reserve some of our stuff. Yes. Yeah, sure. No, you can talk about it. But we still no, no, might I mean, get into it. Okay. I, well, I, I want to get into her yes. thoughts on three, but I, I get it. I'll allude to it. Yeah. But okay. Okay. So what's funny is, is okay. So we, we have like, we have like, you watched the movie the day before. Mm-hmm. You watched the movie the day of mm-hmm. one and two. And I watched it like in the same month for the first time I watched John Wick one. Because, I wonder how many people have done that because. Well, see, th- that's the whole thing because John Wick two comes out and on IMDb and stuff, at least at the time, scores were like above an eight. I remember. And it just had, like, if you clicked on it, it's just a picture of all these guns surrounding Keanu Reeves. And then if you clicked on the 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 banner, it would show just him walking his dog across the Brooklyn Bridge. And to me, I was just like, what is this? Why is everyone excited about this? I think I think one was definitely a sleeper. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And so yeah. like maybe the second one sparked a lot of interest in people saying, Oh, I saw one, you know, there's one person in the friend group of 15 that saw yeah. it and was like, yeah. Oh, you got to see it. It's great. Yeah. We'll watch it tonight. Go yeah. see it tomorrow yeah, or exactly. whatever. And so, but like I said, last week I was in Ecuador and I was reading about John Wick too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this seems cool. John Wick is on Netflix. I watch it. And I go, that's cool. And then I come home and I remember I was at your parents house or or the the old townhouse Mm -hmm. before we got married and uh this is just a classic like annoying micah move because i had like homemade ramen in a mason jar okay because my mom was like hey there's this cool recipe i saw let me make you these (laughs) these yeah i I remember that yeah (laughs) so i I put water in this thing that had like spinach and ginger. You don't have to get into it. It was it was very tasty. <laughs> okay. And so I thought this is perfect. I'm going to microwave this now and sneak it into the movies and see John Wick chapter two. Wait, did what? you? And so I microwaved it at the townhouse. I got to the movie and I you ate. You just had this hot <laughs> that glass is... jar in your pocket, <laughs> unhinged. That's crazy. It's terrible. Unhinged. And you, I mean, how, you ate it during the movie. How did it taste? It was delicious, but I will say, I de- I spilled it like smelly. Yeah, I oh, spilled yeah. a lot on me. Yeah, it was so so <laughs> stupid. And Classic so, Micah crazy. trying to save a buck. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's an egregious example of that. Yeah. Part of wow. my personality. So I saw it, and I walked out, and I thought Wait, to myself, this was by yourself. Yeah. This is well, John Wick 2. John Wick 2. Yeah. I thought to myself, that movie proves people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I thought up our tagline years before we even came up with this wow. podcast. And so that is my John Wick experience. Of course, I think it gets a little spicier next episode. Yeah, I think But so we'll too. see because as often as the case, we'll rewatch a movie that we like or we didn't like and yeah. we go, actually, I like it now. So maybe that'll happen with John Wick 3. But so you didn't like John Wick 3? No. Sorry, am I, I spoiling? You can cut No, this no, no. We really? won't cut. Well, we I, won't. I wouldn't say I disliked it. I've only seen it the one time we saw it in theaters. Yeah. I haven't watched it since. Uh, action was awesome. Yeah. Action is always awesome. Yeah. It's the minutia. Mm. Okay. But I'll get the into story... it in this one, too. Sure, sure. Well, and, and the, the thing with John Wick 3, 
that we're not going to get into. But <laughs> it's always a bummer when you're watching a movie and you think of how the story, like one little improvement could have yeah. like made the movie like 20% better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happened with me and John Wick 3, like an hour into the movie. I was like, oh, if they just did this, I think I would be more on board with everything that's happening. Hmm. So, folks, you got to tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tune in next week. So, but before we get into the plot here, let's talk a little bit about how this movie was made. Uh, again, it's directed by Chad Stahelski. Is that the same director? Same director. The as, last as movie one. had two directors, but one was uncredited. The last movie... Being John Wick. Not John Wick 3. John Wick 1. John Wick 1 had two directors. One yeah. was uncredited. Same writer. Same writer, Derek Kolstad. Both for both movies. All three movies. And same director for the first two, minus a, a, a ghost director. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the guy who is not directing... This time is working on, I think, Atomic Blonde or Deadpool 2. So, yeah, he might be making a movie that I've heard is good. No, after three. No, no. So, (laughs) so John, John Wick, you have David Leach. Three doesn't exist yet. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You have, you have David Leach and you have Chad Stahelski and David Leach leaves. The ghost director leaves. Yeah. Yeah. The one, the uncredited one. Yes. He leaves to go do Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I'm, I'm double-checking that it is Atomic Blonde. Yeah, so Atomic Blonde comes out later in the year that John yeah, Wick comes out. It. And then he'll go on to direct the horrible Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. Um, is that the one? Mm, I think I like that one. Oh, no. I think. I, I think for I me... I don't remember. Maybe I not have horrible. That. Cut that out. Maybe not horrible. Kidding. I don't know. I think Deadpool, as a whole, someone who's not read the comics, mm. looking back on it, it's like I think the first watch was the best watch. Sure. Yeah. So that's it's I kind of a one a, trick pony kind of a situation. Yeah. But um, so then the cinematography the cinematographer is different this time. This time it's uh Dan Laustsen, and he is a he's done John Wick three. He's doing John Wick four, but he's also a big Guillermo del Toro guy who's done Crimson Peak, The Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley, the upcoming Nightmare so Alley. So he's the one I might have a bone to pick with. Me too. Really? On this movie or on Two. a movie that I mentioned? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh. I think you need to get into that for the listener because we I, haven't got into this. I think I love Guillermo del Toro. He makes really beautiful, wonderful movies. Uh, my Probably my biggest issues with his movies are how they look for me. Wow. Like Crimson Peak looks like a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Shape of Water doesn't look bad or anything, but it, it just has like a like artificial finish to it that I, yeah. I guess kind of helps with the fairy tale part of it, but it's just not my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of think Pan's Labyrinth also falls into that a little bit, but I personally, that's my favorite one. And I feel like that's his best looking one. Yeah. And then the new movie that's coming out, is it the same guy? Yes, it is. Yeah. You can tell. I'm just like nervous that it's also going to look like TV. Yeah. That is a weird thing. It does kind of, I mean, I think the exception being Shape of Water, which you did mention. But it still kind of has it a little bit to me. It, it does, but <laughs> yeah. it just seems so much more intentional than the other movies. They seem almost like they just couldn't get the right cameras or something. But I don't know Crimson enough Peak about it so to bad. understand. Yeah. And I haven't seen Crimson Peak, but I've I've seen the others. But Anyway. Okay, well, and you think you're going, because of this movie, you think... I have thoughts. Okay, this, I'm, is, I'm, this is the time on oh. cinematography. Let's... 
Uh, Dig in. Uh, that feels a little a little premature. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my one of my biggest gripes <laughs> is the contrast between the first movie and the second movie. Okay. And I think a a big part of that that I realized on this viewing is the shift from realistic gritty New York. Mm -hmm. We're talking, you know, seedy clubs. Yeah. Uh uh warehouses you know, lo uh, New York city lofts, you know, yeah. rich guy houses, John Wick's house. And then we shift to this hyper fantasy New York, like mm -hmm. all of the set pieces that's neon galore. Yeah. The subway system that they go into doesn't look like any subway system I've ever been in. It looks yeah. all like yeah. Very the architecture. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get it's New York and it probably is a real place. Even I, I don't know, but it, everything is like intentionally like the last fight scene is in that art museum, but you, right. it's like the transition to that is, is all very obscured. And like, it just feels like it's much more of like a fantasy New York than like the real yeah. gritty New York of John Wick one. And I think that there are parallels in other contrasts that, that are why I find John Wick two so egregious that I will probably yeah. save to, uh, for later. That's very interesting though. <laughs> Yeah. I, I do think what I what I dig this is this is viewing this on the total polar opposite of what you're saying mm -hmm. is that like the first movie we get the glimpses I mean obviously this isn't necessarily something that they planned because mm -hmm. they made John Wick and then it made money and they were like let's make John Wick too yeah so we're not gonna side saddle around that fact but I I do like how the first movie you know like the red circle fight. Mm. is very you know neon it's a club it's but it's still you know grimy and dirty like you're saying but there's l it almost feels like there's elements of what like the fantasy that will come forward becomes so for me i like that idea where it's like okay now now we've established this nice looking hotel you know this weird thing what if we go like further into that yeah but it does yeah. make sense because it's like what 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 at least I'm hearing you say is it's kind of like the other movie has it it feels like it's in our world and this one does not so much. Yeah. The interesting thing about that though be, because of the premise of this movie for this guy's basically like you have to work for me. Mm -hmm. It is like we are seeing the world that they alluded to the whole first movie. So it is almost like this is what you get. Like this is what the world is. <laughs> Evan's giving us a look. He's saying, no, no, no. <laughs> no. You should finish your thought but, though. But, but just like the, yeah. So it's just like, this is the, this is the world we were talking about the whole first movie. And it is full of rich people potential, like in this story, at least full of rich people who have these crazy art museums who have parties in like the Roman forum, like crazy places. But I do like what you said about it, though, how the first movie is a lot grittier and slimier in that way. And this one, it is very just like polished and mm -hmm. almost almost like a like you can believe it less mm -hmm. than the first one. And the first one's even crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I mean, I just think on a on a aesthetic level, there is something to be said for like consistency between the two. But I think this movie looks just looks way better than the first movie. Yeah, I think that I think that depends on what you gravitate towards. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I love the bombastic. Mm -hmm. um, okay, now music. We got the same two guys, Tyler Bates and Joel Richard. I think the music's better in this one. Can we get, can we have that? I didn't 
I like couldn't tell you. Didn't track it. Yeah. It felt less. Um, it felt less over the top this time, but maybe because the movie is more over the yeah, top. Yeah. There was much more yeah. fighting scenes yeah. in the second one. Definitely. Yeah. So there was more need for like. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why it feels that way. Um. Okay. Budget of this movie: forty million. The last one was twenty to thirty. So. Yeah. And you can see that budget raise yeah. in this movie. Well, and also I think. 40 million for what they got from John Wick 2 is an achievement. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. Um, and then domestically, it makes 92 million, and worldwide, it makes 171 million. And the studios producing this say, let's keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> um, then just a couple things, because there's actually not a lot on the production of this movie, but Keanu trained in Brazilian jiu jitsu with the Machado brothers, who are like these Brazilian jiu-jitsu masters um, they are brazilian jiu-jitsu masters or are they Bra brazilian jiu-jitsu masters the second one okay like like i think <laughs> yeah. they helped develop and and whatnot brazilian jiu-jitsu and they worked with keanu reeves and that that type of fighting style is the kind that really looks like a dance yeah right mm -hmm. from what i've seen well i mean it's well i i guess it depends on i don't know it's all the fighting he's doing in this movie that's yeah. what it looks like <laughs> yeah i just never whatever yeah <laughs> but um it's pretty cool if you if you're interested listeners you can see some behind the scenes and it's kind of nuts watching keanu train for this because he's even saying in the behind the scenes like i'm getting older now this stuff is not as easy but then all the martial arts guys and stuff are like he's kind of nuts like yeah. i've never worked with a, a celebrity that's gone this insane and and then you can watch him working with this um like world record holding gun yeah. gunsman who will like walk down a hallway and just shoot like every target perfectly like oh, just wow. sweep through and, and with a shotgun or a pistol or whatever and then he's having Keanu like do what he's doing wow. so as much as Keanu was doing you know a lot of his own stuff in John Wick 1 there's certainly an upgrade to like we're really going to not really use a stunt double yeah. i mean i'm assuming that there are a few things that are like I, I i just can't imagine that they're like yeah keanu go ahead and jump down these stairs or drive this car for this whole sequence where we're gonna bash the car right? yeah but i mean he's really doing most everything you're seeing you know and and he knows how to do all that stuff and i think that 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 really i mean i always love that when when an actor like spends that much time to make it look like, yeah, he's John Wick. He can do these things. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then to answer your question, when we were watching the movie, Lawrence Fishburne had been announced as being casted in this movie. So oh, okay. it wasn't a complete like. But I bet he wasn't advertised. I don't think he was. I don't okay. think I knew he was in the movie when I saw it. Okay. But I'm not sure. So that's what I got. Okay. Jordan. I'll just blow through the actors. <laughs> So um, we have, you know, talked about Keanu and the other main players in the last movie. But in this one, we have Ricardo Scarmarcio. Uh He plays S Santino. Um, he is in a crap ton of Italian movies and TV shows, like mo more that than American stuff. Cool. Uh, but he's also in The Ruthless, The Woman in White, Master of None, which I do remember him in Master of None. He was really good. And he looked really good <laughs> in that show. <laughs> and then um, Ruby Rose plays um, Ares. 
Um, she is in Orange is the New Black, Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, Vanquish, The Flash Arrow, The Meg, Supergirl, a ton of other stuff. Okay. And we also have Common, uh, who plays yeah. Cassian. He is in a ton of things. Most notably, he's in Wanted, Ava, Date Night, New Year's Eve, Happy Feet 2, Movie 43, now you see me, Selma, in the Entourage movie. And then Claudia Gerini plays uh, Santino's sister, uh, Gianna. She's in Passion of the Christ, Love and Bullets. Who did she play in Passion of the Christ? I don't know. I didn't. Her name was. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, her name was also Claudia. But I know it was a character's name, not like she was playing herself, obviously. Okay. But um, I didn't on first glance recognize the name. All right. Um, <laughs> but she's also in Love and Bullets, Under the Tuscan Sun, The Poison Rose, and a lot of Italian TV and movies. And then Peter Stormare, uh, he is at the beginning of the movie. I would call oh, it even yeah. a cameo. This um, is the Fargo guy. Yeah, so he's in Fargo, Brothers Grimm, Constantine, Armageddon, Castlevania, Fast and Furious Crossroads. Among many other things. And we have talked about... The Russian about guy? It. Is that who that is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Prison Break. Isn't he in Prison oh, Break? Oh, I think he is. Yeah. Prison Break. We we talked about him because Dang in it. Jurassic Park... I had a feeling we covered him. <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while, we should, we should... You know, it's been over a year since we talked about him, but we talked about him because he's in Jurassic Park, The Lost World. And remember, he gets eaten by all those little dinosaurs? Oh, Because yeah. Steven Spielberg said... Yeah, um, totally is. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like... He was like it was he was so despicable in Fargo. I had to kill him in the worst way possible in this movie. Is he also the guy in Minority Report, or is that a different actor? I don't remember. The, I he's don't the, think he's he's in... the eyeball the eyeball doctor. I'm Are you thinking of Tim Blake Nelson? Maybe from hmm. Old Henry, a movie you just watched and told me to watch. You watched it? No, I haven't watched it yet. But oh, he's oh, will. In it. I don't see him in Minority Report. Great. Yeah. Then Peter it, you know what? Rules, though. That may be the guy that's in Prison Break. So I would fact cool. check. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So do you want to set the stage at all, or do you, should we just go as we go? I mean, I'm happy. It's your podcast, baby. <laughs> yeah, but you're the guest. I mean, if you want to, if you I wanna, have thoughts, I, I can. Yeah, I let's can go for the whole episode. Probably. Let's go. <laughs> let you guys we, talk at all. And and if we if we kind of go loose on the plot a little bit, that's okay. We can talk bigger if we need to for this. Is one. there a format you guys normally do that? We usually just go beginning to end. Okay. Um, I guess let me jump off because I have a little bit of a different viewing this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So first time saw it, loved it was really going off the high of the first movie. Not to say the second movie's bad. I like it, but in watching this movie, you and I weren't probably the best movie viewers last night and paused it a lot because we were talking or we needed to do something which yeah. stretched this movie out way longer than I wanted it to be. Cause probably, by probably the, only like 10 minutes, but I know, it but didn't. by the end of it, I was like, this movie needs to end. This movie needs to end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. so done, but, um, still action, crazy fun. I could watch it forever, but the story and getting into the nitty gritty details of, Oh, there's a bug on. It's probably from this table. Um, it's just a little beetle. <laughs> There's one under this cup. There's also one up on, up on that. What are you doing? Oh, no, this table. I shouldn't have brought this table inside. You can keep talking. Girl. Okay, Mike is going to have to edit some of that. Okay, but <laughs> where was I at? 
So, oh yeah, getting into the nitty gritty details of like how this whole thing works. Watching it the second time, it was a little bit like, okay, this is kind of slowing the movie down for me. Um, and going into the third movie, not too much. But I remember watching that in theaters, which is the only time I've seen it. It it was kind of like at some point, like, why are they explaining everything? Like, what I probably what I liked most about the first movie, besides the action, was that they weren't saying everything. Right. That was so fun to just have, like, use this certain vocabulary to mean this world that I don't know what it is. But in making a second movie, I don't know how else they do it without showing me everything. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. Okay, and actually, I'll jump in before you go, because I'll just tell you my updated opinion i watched this movie last night and every time i've been like love 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 and this time we finish it and i think to myself which might hurt you a little bit evan <laughs> i think man this john wick one is so 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 good and this movie is so so much better than that movie wow yeah that so, doesn't hurt me in the slightest <laughs> so all right evan please the table is yours so I, wa- I I think we have to step back. I watched the movie <laughs> and it was on a whim. Uh-huh. And I think maybe even what had happened was I had been invited to watch two. And uh-huh. I was like, why well, am I even watched one? Blech. And so I was like, I got to watch one. And I was almost kind of like not looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, I rented it. I think I had to actually rent it, um, watched it on my TV alone on a day off. Mm-hmm. And it, I had like a religious experience. I was like, this is because I don't typically about like one, obviously. This right? is about one. Okay. I typically don't like action movies all that much. Yeah. I can sit through them and and I like the pretty colors, but yeah. But I think I just was like, man, this is so cool because it kind of, whether intentionally or not, I felt like it subverted a mm-hmm. lot of what action movies are bad at. It gave you mm-hmm. a per, really localized personal story. Yeah. That had mystery to it that was slowly revealed, like Mm -hmm. peeling it back like an onion. You were like, uh, you know, Oh, it's just going to be like, it's going to be like, um, what was that movie with Gerard Butler where they come in and, and white house down. No, they (laughs) come in and and they hurt his family. Law abiding citizen. Law abiding citizen. So when you first watch it, if you're, if you're not thinking about it too hard, you're like, Oh, it's kind of like a law abiding citizen thing. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And then, you know, he he gets his his butt whooped, and you know you're you're you can kind of tell what's coming. You're like, oh, this is gonna be so cool. He's gonna have to go on a bender or whatever. And then he starts like, like, slam slamming, you know, the the oh, concrete yeah, as yeah. this guy, this Russian mobster, is explaining the boogeyman and yeah. how he's going to yeah. kill you. And you're like. Just the, the hair on the back of your neck stands up because that's like so cool and you're like yeah. oh they should not have messed with this guy yeah. and i didn't know it you know yeah uh, uh literally 15 minutes ago he was doing a flash or a uh what's the, uh i wrote it down uh a footloose style driving scene where he's yeah. like dancing in the airport except he's driving his car on going ah yeah. <laughs> like all emotional. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you you know that he's just you're gonna be seeing him, you know, that he's this special guy. And I just think that was so masterfully done. And so like it wasn't, I think especially around Avengers time and stuff, it wasn't a mm-hmm. world shattering 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was a personal Absolutely. story. They killed his puppy and he's and he's gonna whoop ass. They stole his car and yeah. they, they killed his puppy. Yeah. And so I think that it was just so exciting. This yeah. like and you were getting some fresh ideas, like, yeah, it's a little weird that he's like, um, you know, handing these like doubloons out to yeah. for services, but but it didn't feel like fantasy to me. It felt like what like what does that mean? Like yeah. Or I I remember having an epiphany when in the first scene when they send the goons at, to his house and he and he kills all the yeah. goons, and then they come and clean up the bodies. I remember being like, oh, that's so cool because that's something that normal action movies they never explain yeah. how the bodies yeah. get you know disposed of or whatever. Yeah. And so like. It felt more like a like a nod to people who go, who roll their eyes at action movies and yeah. saying like we have a cool answer to all those questions you have. We mm. are an action movie, but we're also like in in on the the we're in on the joke that is action movies and and it's we're going to create cool subversions to all of those tropes. I also love in the first movie uh there's really no like there, it, there ends up being kind of a boss scene. Yeah. But the, you know, the villain is really the, the, the son. Yeah. yeah. And he goes and he just like whoops those, the, the warehouse guys in like, it wasn't even an extended scene. It was scene. pretty it was short. Like, no, it's yeah. like the and shortest then, one the And then movie. he just goes up and shoots him and yeah. that's yeah. it. And it's over. Yeah. And it was just like subversion. It was like, that doesn't ever happen. They, the guy never just, you know, gets the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and then they did end up having kind of a, a, what I feel like made sense to be a kind of final boss fight because it was more of like, we're going to strip down to just fists because of this past and this respect we have for each other, not because of some, you know, tornado or something that took away all of our oh, super yeah. superhero yeah. weapons. Yeah. And so everything just was like, Oh, it's perfect. It's like subverting <laughs> all of my expectations. It's a localized mm -hmm. story. I care about John wicks uh -huh. story. Uh -huh. Like I, you know, all of that, mm -hmm. I feel like from the very first scene with the, with the, with the motorcycle kind of coming in is just, it's gone. It's, <laughs> it is just becomes the action movie mm -hmm. that, and, and hits every single trope, every single note it's got, you know, it goes international. That's like a classic sequel mm -hmm. thing. It's got the uh -huh. mission impossible sequence where he goes and tries out all the new gadgets. Mm -hmm. It's got like all of these crazy uh -huh. tropes. And I was like. This is exactly the reason I liked the first one is you, uh -huh. you were going and you were dodging all of these mm -hmm. tropes and all of these things that make me roll my eyes about action movies. And you're just like, yeah, this is who we are. <laughs> like the locations are not real. You know, he's invincible. Yeah. Yeah. He gets hurt. Yeah. He gets, you know, run over by a car, but then he just gets up and like, mm -hmm. there's no stakes. He there's like the no stakes. stakes he's got, uh -huh. he's got total, uh, he's shooting, you know, he's got, now in this, in the first one, he's always fighting and he's got the upper hand. Mm -hmm. And so there rarely gets to gunplay. And when it does, he obviously has the upper hand because he was the one that was prepared. Mm -hmm. There are a couple occasions where, you know, I think that they do a really good job of saying he doesn't have the upper hand and he, and he kind of gets underneath their thumb a little bit, the bad guy's thumb yeah. in yeah. some of the fighting scenes. Yeah. But most of the time, like in the club, he, you know, he just shows up and he has the upper hand. He does, they don't know he's coming and yeah. he just like, boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah. but in this one, he goes down, you know, the catacombs yeah. and uh -huh. there is a hundred people uh -huh. with assault rifles <laughs> attacking him and he can't, he can't be hit. And I mean, I guess he had that, 
That's that suit that's bulletproof. Bulletproof <laughs> suit. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. That's so funny. Um, I, well, okay. So first of all, I I have to as we as we continue throughout. I ju- I do have to commend and and acknowledge that you do have a well thought out, and and I'm not gonna tr- try to dismiss your opinion. Yeah. On this, because I do think that is a way to look at it for sure, <laughs> and I, I think. Because I even when we've talked about it in the past, I think it hasn't quite clicked. But the way you just laid it out, I think okay, that makes sense to me. I think I can, because one of the one of the things I had remembered you saying, but it was you probably didn't. But I thought you had talked about like how the the second movie is like goofy, like really goofy. Yeah, I, Which, I walked back. I walked back on that. Yeah, because when I when I watched John Wick, like the first John Wick this time. Uh, I just thought like, oh, I don't remember how goofy the first movie is. Like it, it's got all I the kind of that. like, and I like it. It's all, yeah. it's the goofy that I like in my movie, but it is like inherently like a silly movie. In I would a lot say of ways. it's campy for sure. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I do, I will say in my original viewing, I caught some like, I thought it was trying to be funny like a comedy like a yeah. oceans type uh, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I, I didn't catch that on the second viewing there was some like awkward things i think like when she pats him down and like mm-hmm. grabs oh, his that, nuts what or that? whatever yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like it, and and I also think, uh as much as I like the actor, the first Russian guy that you meet, mm-hmm. that was a bad I think it was a poorly acted cheesy scene when he's like up there and he's restating everything from the previous movie but he's this uh, guy we've never even heard of like mm-hmm. we didn't even know the other guy had a brother and all this he came and killed my brother and my nephew and he's the boogeyman <laughs> and he's come for us all <laughs> and like I don't know it's like oh my god and, and for me all like all of that I'm just these are fist pumps I, th- I think I think like it gets a pass for me because one it's campy and then also it it does explain everything that happened in the first one not that you always need to do that in movies but it is pretty quick and it is intercut with the car stuff which i love that's the the car stuff at the beginning of the movie is probably one of my favorite action parts of this movie that's one of my favorites in the series yeah because it's so crazy and and like like okay so the movie to, to fill in a couple of gaps the movie basically starts with John Wick is like, I'm going to get my car back. Yeah. Now, first of all, a fun little nod. The first like real shot we see after the, you know, you're hearing the motorcycles is we see on the side of a Victoria's Secret, they're playing Buster Keaton's The General on the side Mm -hmm. of the building, which is basically the stuntmen and the martial artist people being like, Buster Keaton, you're one of the godfathers of stunts. Yeah. This is for you. Yeah. Which I'm always a sucker for that kind of stuff. So then... And they also time the the crashes with what Buster Keaton's doing on the screen. All of that. Come on. Come on. So anyway, he's going into the garage now. And it's this whole big like fight scene where he's using his car as a weapon. Yeah. Just like on the end of, you know, like in John Wick 1, how he was like sliding around and yeah. shooting people with the car. He's doing that, but it's closer quarters. Mm-hmm. And... There, there was a couple shots that Jordan and I paused it and we went step by step because we were trying to figure out like how you could even do this and how it could look so good if you did do this without murdering someone. Because <laughs> there's that shot where he runs over a guy and he flies and he hits the pole. Well, he like he he like spins the car around to hit that guy. Yeah, which flings him into the pole. And 
it looks good when we did it step by step. Yeah, and then that shot where Keanu's in the car and the car gets hit and he falls out of the car. Yeah. I just remember when I was in theaters, I was like eating my ramen, spilling it all over myself. Just <laughs> like this is, I probably did because I was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So already props to that. And what this will be, this is the whole episode, folks. So strap in here. But like the counterpoint that I do love about this scene is like it's it's setting the tone. I mean, if you're watching them back to back, it, it is a little bit different of an effect. But especially if you were like, I saw John Wick in theaters. Then I went and saw John Wick too. It's a good way to like recap it. And I like, I just like how the the Russian guy upstairs is hearing all of the violence and he's just like. Not doing anything because he knows oh, there's man, nothing he can do. What did do. I do? Because, you know, the whole, whole last movie, everyone, like the, the main Michael Blomqvist. Nope. Blomqvist. Nope, that's no, the, the director. That, no, that's his character in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh. Michael. I'm thinking of Neil Bloomcamp. <laughs> no, what's his name? But, but the uh, v- Vigo. Nivkist. Nivkist, yes. Michael <laughs> Nivkist. It. Michael. It's fine. People know. Yeah. So the main bad guy yeah. in the last movie. Yeah. It's just great how, like, the whole movie, he's just saying, My son screwed this for me. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you did but this. This still, was so stupid. He still believes that he can win. He does. He does. But, uh, like, you know, that first scene when he, when he gets the call and he just, they're like, It was John Wick's car, is John Wick's dog. And he's just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I like that this guy who is his brother. Mm-hmm. Well, we have his car. Of course, he's going to come get it. And then I love how he does all the fighting. It's insane, of course. And then he comes upstairs and he's like, peace. John Wick pours two glasses and he says, peace. And then he goes, how can a man like you know peace? And he goes, why not? And then he says, peace. And then they cheers and he leaves with his car. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so one thing to contrast another contrast that I yes. that I've noticed. So another another big gripe I have is the um emphasis on fantasy elements that were technically present in the first one, but I would yeah. argue are reappropriated for the second movie. Okay. So in the first movie, you have the mob, the Russian mob. Yeah. And an associate of the mob. Yeah. Now, yes, it, it kind of unfolds and you realize that he is a m- member amongst some other elite assassins. Yeah. But this whole like doubloon thing as like a, as like a, I would say that's a fantasy element, right? Like you go yeah. to a hotel and you give them a doubloon and suddenly yeah. you get a special room or whatever. But if you think about it, there's never any reference really to anything greater than the mob. It's really zoomed in. Mm-hmm. You really believe mm-hmm. that John Wick's association is is to the mob and maybe other mob-like types, organizations. Um, and I would say, you know, the use of a separate currency. So it, it's kind of an indicator that you are one of these assassins. There's a, it's almost like an identifier more so than it is this like mint process, mm-hmm. you know, that they introduce yeah. in the second one with mm-hmm. the boxes and stuff. And I don't remember anything about the third one. So this, some of this mm-hmm. could be answered in the third one, but basically I, I'm going to make the argument that it was a story about, you know, the best mob assassin ever and there were some other assassins close to the mob that were Mm -hmm. involved in this sort of ring 
And they had, obviously, if you kill a lot of people, you have to have a service that comes and picks them up. Yeah. You know, you have a special currency for those situations. I think it was really localized. And with the second one, they took all of those kind of weird fantasy kind of things and they repurposed them. Now you've got this, the hotel is not one hotel. Yeah. It's a whole cell of an organization that's now supposedly like an, an authority amongst these assassins. Uh, like yeah. it's a, it's a governing body almost. If you get excommunicado, yeah. you're dead or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I just take a lot of issue with that because I, <laughs> what I loved about this story of the first one is it's so John Wick's story and you know why you care about John Wick with the second one. It's not John Wick's story. Like everything that John Wick says after he completes the marker is like, um, uh, aren't he, when he talks to Lawrence Fishburne, mm -hmm. he says, well, Santiago or whatever his name is, he's going to come for New York. And like, yeah. as soon as yeah. I heard that, yeah. I go, oh boy, New York is in trouble. <laughs> like, why do I care? Yeah. Like, yeah. this yeah. is not real. I felt that on this viewing for sure. Yeah. I think probably one of the biggest issues with this movie that I still like <laughs> is, um, that it isn't about John Wick. Yeah. Which sucks because that's the title of the movie. Yeah. And so I, I think the premise for me makes, no, I think the premise for me makes sense. We're like the, the events of the first movie happened. This movie ends. This movie starts with him ending the first movie by getting his car. He's done. Now, that's it. No, but I, can I just say very quickly in the theaters first time when he was getting his car, I just thought that that was so cool how it no, tied no. together. I like that too because I forgot about it by the end of the first yeah, movie. Yeah, and I, I was forgot. like, oh yeah, he didn't have his car. This is so cool. And especially when he didn't really care about the car, he cared about the letter from his wife in the car. Like, right. That's, that's, well, that's the wonderful emotional part about John Wick. Yeah. So then once that's over, it is like, so what is he going to do now? He's just going to like continue to grieve, which it seems like that's what he wants to do. But of course, the premise is... This, this guy comes and is like, we made a blood oath. I saved your life. And you... Right, right. And basically <laughs> how it works is whenever I... Uh, of my choosing, you have to save mine. No matter what. No matter what grieving process you're going through, if you want in or out, it doesn't matter. So now, obviously, like you said, it's not about John Wick. I think they try to keep it about him still by throughout the movie, you know, this guy like basically tries blowing him up for not doing it, which forces him to do it. And kind of like throughout the movie, he's like, I'm just going to kill that guy. Cause he made me get back into this. Like his rage is kind of what it's about. But, but, but on the whole, it's like, what is he really learning yeah. about himself or going through? Yeah. When I think in the first movie, it's easier to identify that. And if you really look at the stakes, the real stakes, yeah, he does what the guy says, the guy kills him. He doesn't do what the guy says. The guy kills him. Mm. He does what the guy says, escapes the guy, tries to kill the guy. The Everyone kills him. Like, uh -huh. the, like the story gives, there. there's no like greener pasture that John Wick could be on. You right. just feel so, I, I felt so railroaded into this action trope. Oh, some random guy from mysterious guy from his past is coming to call in this favor that he sure. can't say no to like, blah, 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 blah. like, why couldn't they just keep it? You know, I, I would love to have seen just a little bit of an, basically my gripe is they felt the need 
to, to take John Wick and blow it up and make it neon and make it more action and make it more, 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 more. And all mm. I wanted was just a continuation of the story I loved. This felt yeah. like, this felt like an, uh, taking John Wick and exploding it out and making it and making it the Martian, you know, it's just, it's just the, the, <laughs> the most actions for the most dumb people to just open their like brains and go, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> then folks, I count myself amongst the dumb because I love this movie. No, th- no, those are, those are good points. I, I think, um, <clears throat> oh, and no offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, what's funny about like me holding this movie in high regard is that so this movie goes, it does a classic sequel thing. That's what we're discussing, where it says, okay, we have to go bigger. And that's the logic, bigger is better. Not always the case. I think in this case, it works. But that's funny, because then the next sequel is like, but we have to go bigger and better. Yeah, and it's like, hold on, hold on. And so for me, I'm like, oh, I thought I wanted more expansion, but I, I think chapter two was like the limit of what I wanted for the expansion. I mean, we're talking about a fact that like this movie has homeless people throughout New York that are all assassins. I mean, that's pretty hard well, to the, swallow. By the end of this movie, and I think I thought about this the like, first time I watched it. Like, that's my limit, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I thought about this the first time I watched it, but especially this time. By the end of this movie, it's like, so everyone's an assassin. Exactly. How does, so how does the, this, how does this reality function? Yeah. Everyone's just kill, Everyone's an kill assassin. People. When he's walking down that park and uh-huh. leaving the movie, everyone's looking at him and you're like... <laughs> and also yeah. like there's that the the um montage uh of him of him coming back to new york yeah yeah and and fighting the assassins one by one they're all like like anime characters like you have yeah. the big sumo guy you have the you know the slender girl uh-huh. like it, it's that was not in the first movie. It was a gritty uh-huh. mob movie about that was it, underground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and it just lost all of that. It just it it turned its back on it even because none of that's there. Like it said, uh-huh. it said we'll give you we'll give you one sequence where he gets his car and he looks at the letter, and then it's, then we're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, know, especially like, with and it's our movie now. Yeah. Wait, so like, okay, so what he is contracted to do is um, go to Rome and murder this guy's sister because she has a seat at the high table now. To which I go, I go, cool. Yeah, but but and Evan 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 begins looking at his uh, bowl of popcorn in front of him. (laughs) But what was I gonna say about that? Now I don't know. I think I think that whole thing it was also just wrapped up so quickly once he gets to Rome, like in terms of him carrying out that mission, it is a little bit like, what's ha- what is this about? Yeah. And I think. Well, it does it, have one of the funnier moments in the movie that I will admit. And I pause to like point it out where, yeah. uh, the guy's sister is, is in like her bath house or whatever. And she basically says, I'm going to end on my terms, but I kind of understand that this is just it. There's no, she doesn't even fight him because there's no point. In there's no way. out for me. So, yeah. but I want to kill myself. So she, she turns and it's just, it's so funny. Nudity in movies can be like one of the funniest things in the world because there's like this element of like, do you just show it? Because in reality it would just be nudity and you would see it. Or do you try and, Hide it. And it's just so funny because she's naked 
and the camera is like to her back and she puts up her arm and she cuts her wrist and then you see her in the same shot switch hands and like reposition and she's trying you could tell that the actress is trying really hard to make sure like her nipples don't like get exposed <laughs> and it's just it's such a like manufactured shot that is that shot just cracked me up last night yeah and yeah. then she gets killed <laughs> Yeah. By herself, and then John Wick shoots her in the head. Yeah. Which will unfold the rest of the events of the movie. Yeah, and I guess, like, for, for me, the action is huge. That really is what carries the movie for me. I mean, the last movie, the emotional stuff was so big, too. But the action is so good in this movie. But I think upon this viewing, it was like, oh, all of this story is just to get to the next action scene. And it yeah. does feel like a video game, like what we talked about on the last movie. Where yeah. it's just a progression to that, well, these levels. are video games, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think I agree with you, and that I think it's obvious to me that that's why. I mean, as an as a fan of action movies, I think you should like this movie. Yeah. I just what I liked about the first one was its subversion of action tropes because I don't like action mm -hmm. movies, but yet this movie was still for me. Mm -hmm. The second one does none of that and just is an action movie. The story is secondary to mm -hmm. the action. And I, I think it just, as a, as an enjoyer of movies, it yeah. lost me because I'm not an enjoyer of action movies. I'm an, an enjoyer of good movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, action movies are good. Action movies are good. No, I, they can be. It's, I, I, I agree. I think John Wick is a great yeah. movie and it is a great action movie and it is a great movie that is also an action movie. I think I said. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, but let's okay, let's let's dig into this a little bit more here. Um be, because I'm I'm thinking about like last year when we started watching a bunch of martial arts movies. Yeah. And the, a lot of those movies are just vehicles to get to the next action scene. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh I I guess it it does I'll, like I'll concede this point that we're talking about the story. It does it does feel like they are you know the story the the character the actual like what we're doing in the movie is not as well written as the previous movie. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. And okay, I think okay. I, well, I think the big the big thing about it though is this movie is way more complicated than the first one. The first movie is so simple. A guy yeah. killed his dog but, and but he's it, taking revenge. And this one is like, there is, it's a government. Mm -hmm. There are rules. You have to do these things. You have to honor this blood thing. Which this. all, the, I love good but rules. No, these are good rules. Yeah, I, I usually, I, I think like if I was reading a book, cool, cool. But for some reason, this because would be a the, terrible book. <laughs> I don't know. But because the first one was so simple, yeah. you're going to the second one. Like, okay, it's going to, same themes of the first one. And it is like, I have to like lock in all of these things to remember now. When the first one was just like, ooh, what's this like people who come and clean up bodies is like a dinner service. Yeah. That's cool. And I, yeah. I think to your point, the first one was so good because it's not just the emotional component. It's the yeah. mystery that is unraveled yeah. as you are following along this human story that you connect to. It's easy. Yeah. You can immediately go to, oh, that guy killed a dog. That guy should die. Uh, but you're also getting these little nuggets of like, oh, John Wick's actually, he looked, I thought he was a regular guy this whole time with a, you know, an SUV and, and now yeah. he's, uh, yeah. an, the best assassin in the entire world. And like, it was just happenstance that this, he, it's random chance that this yeah. unfolded the way it did. Um, and I just think that 
that is all lost to just pure exposition, which I think is a mark. It's a pretty common in action movies. You can yeah. have a really good idea, but if it's all just told to you, mm-hmm. you know, without it's, it's uh, show, not tell or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. If yeah. it's all told to you, I, I lose interest in that. Sure. Whereas if I can discover it, if I'm treated as a intelligent viewer, I feel like I was treated intelligently in the first one. And in the second one, I had to be spoon fed all of this fantasy stuff that I ended up not really caring about because yeah. it's all, it's yeah. all told, you know, it's like, if the, you mm-hmm. know what would happen if you killed somebody on uh, continental grounds, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. if, if, if the first movie is them, uh, riffing on and making like the best American action movie they can make. This is them riffing on maybe like more martial arts, like old Chinese martial arts movies and trying to make the best one they can make. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's my little, pitch to bridge here a little bit because um i i guess yeah the the story stuff i just i i'm with it the whole time mm-hmm. i just think it's so cool i mean i i like the opening of the world a lot and it, it almost feels like the like this movie's more fantasy of course and i and i just go with it and then the next movie if i'm remembering right it's almost like that one's more westerny really and and if they kept remember. if they kept kind of like pivoting each time, yeah. Then I'm like, keep going. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's where I'm at. But um, yeah, I think I I think I lost the train that I was on there. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. It's I okay. mean, you 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 basically what I heard was you uh, enjoyed. The, you can follow them with these shifts of tone because yeah. you, you see the vision. Yeah. And yeah. I don't see the vision. I can't follow them there. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like an easy fix is just, but I mean, of course, that, this is what we're talking about. But that there are some series where like as a personal viewer, you can just be like, Jaws, here's a great example. It's like, well, maybe not the best example, but it's like, I don't ever want to watch the sequels to Jaws. And if I did, they wouldn't exist in my mind. It's yeah. Jaws. Yeah. Same with Psycho. That's a better yeah. example for me where it's like, it's Psycho. That's it. There's no others. And so maybe like for Evan, it's got to be like, there's John Wick. <laughs> and I'll, and then you go and you see all the movies and you're like, yeah, I still don't like it. But there's only one John Wick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm certainly not... I. I actually really truly understand why somebody could like that movie. It's yeah. just not the type of movie that I like. And that is only interesting if you take into account that I loved the first one, I think. If yeah. I yeah, if yeah. I just had this opinion in isolation, this would be a boring conversation. I think right, right. the visceral reaction I had to the second movie was my love for the first one. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I and that's why we wanted John that. Because <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't know. You're the only person I know of that's like I don't like John Wick too. Yeah. Like we've, we, I think it feels like our friend group's like pretty lukewarm on three. Like mm-hmm. when we all walked out of the theater, we were all like, okay, see you guys later. <laughs> oh. Um, but it feels like two is pretty unanimously like critics and everybody's like, yeah, it rules. It just, it's like the rare example of bigger is better. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's part of why it was like, we got to have Evan on this one <laughs> because our audience will hear, a different opinion on the movie, but I, and I think that would be a great, uh, some summation of my, uh, opinion. And that's mm. that, um, bigger is rarely better. 
Yeah. I like, I like human stories. I want to keep the focus on the person's journey. And as yeah. soon as you loop in the destruction or the, you know, the, um, not destruction, I guess in this case, but the, the power shift to, of New York city to mm-hmm. some unknown Italian man, mm-hmm. I just don't care at all. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so speaking of Italian men, I, I want to tell you both about this. I kind of told Jordan about this, but in this movie, when he goes to Rome, he meets like the owner of the Continental there, yeah. who's played by um, Frank Nero, I think is his name. And he's the guy who played Django in the old Western Django movies. And he's in Django Unchained. He's the guy who walks up to Django and says, you know, how do you spell your name? He spells it and he's like, the D is silent. And then Frank Nero's like, I know. But what's funny about this guy <laughs> and I just don't even know what to make of this, but he is directing this movie called The Man Who Drew God, which is supposed to come out this year. There's no release dates. There's no trailers. But it's an upcoming crime drama directed by Franco Nero and starring him, Kevin Spacey, in his first role since the sexual allegations, and Faye Dunaway. Oh, and right here, it marks Spacey's first role after sexual misconduct allegations against him surfaced in 2017. According to Variety, the film is about a blind artist who can draw people from their voice and is wrongly accused of sexually abusing a child. Nero portrays the blind artist Spacey, a police detective, and Dunaway, a oh, braille teacher gross. who is an old friend of the artist. So Kevin Spacey is Kevin supposed Spacey to... Kevin Spacey is investigating it? He's investigating it. Yeah, right. No one's going <laughs> to buy that or see that movie. Mm. So I just wanted you <laughs> all to know about that. That's a real movie. Well, actually, we don't know if it's real yet. That's true. Because it's not out, and there's only a poster for this movie. Is that the one that they were talking about on Office Hours? They were. Oh, okay. So that's the one where the poster looked like one of the most unprofessional movie posters. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't know if that movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah. But... um. Very weird. I did not know Faye Dunaway was still alive. Who's Faye Dunaway? Um, isn't that the girl in Chinatown and Network? Um, okay. Right? I think. I haven't seen Chinatown. Let me just double check. And I'll, I'll edit it out so that I'll have sounded so smart. <laughs> yeah, it is her. Okay. She's from that. But just want everyone to know, uh, make sure and miss The Man Who Drew God coming this year. <laughs> <laughs> But back on target with this movie. <laughs> so, because we kind of, we've sped through a lot of good stuff or bad stuff, depending on which side of the table you're sitting on here. <laughs> but we we have this whole crazy montage where he is gearing up and he goes to like uh, Peter Serafinowicz mm-hmm. and he gets guns. He's a sommelier. He's a sommelier. And, and this, you're just rolling your eyes, right? At this point. Yeah, it's a Mission Impossible James Bond scene. You know, it's like a. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, come on, give me more. Which of this. is fine if you're. It, it, it's the break of tone for you. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't hate this. I think it's fun. No, I know. It's tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Um, I think I especially like that he has this cartographer that like gives him keys to the catacombs, <laughs> yeah. which is just ridiculous but like it i think it, it's one of those one of the moments and watching this where it's like 
what who are normal people in this universe like who just has like access to keys to like ancient well john wick married the only person who's not involved i think he did (laughs) everyone else is an assassin (laughs) which is not true in the first movie yeah yeah Yeah, who are there i'm trying to think of any other character but what are some other people that were not involved in the first movie i think just that like there was there was the people in the club in little ladies in the church yep in in just walking in new york when he goes to the continental the first time i mean now we're to assume all those people were assassins but yeah well i mean Mm -hmm. i always assumed i mean it of course this is me giving the movie maybe a little more credit but i always (laughs) assumed at the end that he like hired everyone to be there but of course when he starts running it is like everyone he passes oh at the end of this movie yeah and then no, he tells I think him to freeze. I think it's people knowing that a bounty's about to be put out on his head and in they the just freeze, want to be close. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, uh, okay. In the freeze <laughs> in the freeze part, I think in that courtyard, yes. Okay, okay. But then he runs away from the courtyard and it's almost like people are like, that's John Wick. He's going to have a hit on his head soon. Like they're, they're just yeah. about their Sunday business and they see Do you him. think those are normal people? Yeah. Well, no, I don't think they're normal people. I think it it was a... If it was that though that's a part of the group that was hired to freeze and be there or whatever by the continental guy. That was a poor description. Cause I, what I took from that is that, Oh, New York is just full of assassins everywhere. Yeah. Well, it, it would still be like <laughs> this, this universe, if, if it did exist in our world. Um, and it does cause all those locations you can visit in New York city. <laughs> um, uh, Patrick Willems has a video that describes where you can go to all the uh-huh. Wick monuments and stuff. But um, it, uh, if if it does exist in our world, then it's like for every one civilian, there's ten assassins. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so there's seven p- billion people on Earth, and probably less than a billion of them are not assassins. Yeah, they're protecting us, the normal people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing in the first movie. He's a bad guy. He's yeah. the assassin for the mob. Yeah. yeah I know that. And I he's feel the assassin like they don't play go- on that. What? They don't, I don't feel like they play on that thread and they could. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You mean like they could. Like have, I'm agreeing they, with yeah, you. Yeah, like they could they, have they gone. They could have definitely done something with yeah. that. I, I, that's what I, I, if I were to, if I were to write John Wick too, I would do so good. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't, haven't thought about it, but I would, I would have just gone out a little bit and explained, okay, so John Wick is part of this ring of assassins that help the mob, mm-hmm. which means there are other, you know, who, who are the mob's enemies? Who mm-hmm. was he going to, to kill or mm-hmm. whatever? And see how his rampage that he went on to kill the Russian mob plays out because really the effects of his actions in the first movie Mm -hmm. have no bearing on the second movie whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for, and you can, this is kind of just a line thing, but the, the Santino does say, if you had not come back from retirement, I never would have done this. But that is loose. That's loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am admitting yeah. that as well. But I was like, oh, I don't know that I've ever noticed yeah. that. So sure. I was because well, he also in that in that scene he says, um, like, remember how I helped you during the impossible mission? Yeah. yeah. And that's why he did the blood oath at all. And I kind of wish, for funny enough, that they would have explained that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Well, th- apparently there was this impossible job that we heard about in the last movie. I'm not saying tell me everything, but like maybe tell me what he did. But it also loses mystique when the way they did it. I yeah. think it, it almost, I, I'm sorry to pick oh, a, the pick apart job. Loses yeah. Mystique? Because yeah. in the first movie you're like, Oh, that's so cool. Maybe they could do a prequel about that. Like, yeah, that would be a great movie. Please I'd love don't that. Make you know, a like, about that. yeah, exactly. Like that yeah. impossible job is a story in and of itself. And yeah. even in the first movie, you're like, Oh, I can just imagine a million different jobs that are impossible for the boogeyman, you know, yeah. like what, is impossible for this person yeah and then and then this guy comes in and he's like remember when i helped you with your impossible task <laughs> well, well so you helped the boogeyman and now you like yeah he's supposed to be you yeah. know yeah I, I i think that's interesting <laughs> what you said too about how john wick is a bad guy because he is because he's an assassin and in this movie and in the next one, like all he's doing is killing assassins. Because mm-hmm. especially in this one, he's contracted to kill this woman who we're just assuming she's an assassin if she's mm-hmm. a seat at the high table. And then after that, he's just fighting for his life, mm-hmm. killing other assassins. So we never really get to see him work. Yeah, I guess. You know, you reminding me though that he's a bad guy, and I'm I will not get into it this episode, but it might actually fix my issues with chapter three. Remembering that he is he is working he was working for the bad guys. It might fix it. And I can talk to you both about it off mic once we're done. Okay. <laughs> but gotta save it. Gotta keep them wanting more. <laughs> um Okay. So we've done all that. We've gone through we've gone through the the we we've done the Coliseum, right? I mean, as we've discussed so many times, it's so hard to describe action. We don't necessarily get into that. What do you think of, of the it, party but, scene? With the with the band, lame. Yeah, reminded Wait. me of like every like the Fifth Element, the I still Matrix, seen the Fifth Element. Yeah, they all have that party scene. It's like I've seen it. Well, <laughs> what's fun is uh, this is in our podcast as we've been doing the the Keanu the Keanu. It's like you have the Bill and Ted movies, which all have to some degree like a concert or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's three to some p- degree. Well, every movie yes, is a concert. Yes. They play so, music. So that's that's three in a row. Yeah. And then we have Matrix One has a club. Matrix Two has the Zion orgy scene. Matrix Three has another club where the Merovingians at. I'm assuming that Matrix Four has to have a club scene. It please better have one. <laughs> and then John Wick One has the red circle. Mm-hmm. Then this one has the forum. It's like. I guess something about Keanu. People are like, we got to see him in a pl- club with lights flashing all over. Him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I I I am totally biased. I've outed myself as biased. I yeah. do think that the red circle scene has has something about it that feels a little more grounded in reality to me. Oh yeah, this this with like even the type of music they're playing and yeah. stuff is very. I I was thinking the every time I th- listen to this, like I, I okay, you know we've we've played music together. Of course, we still play music together. Sure. Um. When you're watching movies and they have like original songs within the movies, do you ever get caught like thinking about like, would this really be a hit or would people really like this? <laughs> well, EDM's easy though. It's like, <laughs> you never know what, it's, it's all right. the same. So, cause like this song, which is that, designed to be, it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. This song that's, pl- that they're playing, I don't even think, like, it's kind of cool, but I'm like, is this something that like people would gather in a forum and like well, listen to and be like? They're not gathering for that. They're gathering because it's that woman's well, like that's coronation. True. And that's, that's true. another thing. All the people at the party are involved. It's her coronation yeah. to the high table. Oh yeah. 
So they're yeah. not even real people. They're they're somehow that's, involved that's in this. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they have like a cover story though, because the extras in those scenes are not acting like an assassin would act. You know yeah, what I mean? They they're might, like they might have like mob interests. Yeah, they're all yeah. They're the accountants illegal. of the mob and yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. Now, did you see Nobody this year? Yeah, just recently. What did you think of that movie? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I I liked the the um. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you can get into it a little bit if you want. No, I I I think it had a, a human story that I you know that I connected with. I cared about. I, mm-hmm. I, it was and it also kind of had that like onion peeling back the layer. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this guy? What's his story? Um, it felt pretty similar to John Wick in a lot of ways yeah. of like. Mm-hmm. And Almost I, like the same writer wrote it kind yeah. of thing. But like, I think that made it worse probably yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you kind of just like <laughs> erased John Wick's name and <laughs> yeah. made him, you know, an army guy instead of a assassin. But, uh, but I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it better than John Wick too. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm kind of wondering yeah. about. Cause I'm remembering that movie being well, like, it, the, the like stakes... still way over the top, but it is still very like human. Yeah, this like st- I, I just like low stakes or or personal stakes. Yeah, yeah. I like personal stakes yeah. more than I like the city's dis- or Omaha stakes. No, <laughs> I've never had. I can't say I've never had Omaha Omaha stakes. So okay, so after the <laughs> the forum, where do they go? So then he has the big fight with Cassian, his first fight. Yeah, Cassian realizes he's you know he's like the bodyguard of um, the girl. I don't Gianna. Remember. Gianna. She's his ward. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. And so he's like, I got to go get John Wick. And uh, so he's chasing him. They fight. They do have what, you know, speaking to your like over the topness of this, like when they get thrown down the stairs and they just keep going down. It's like, (laughs) am I watching Hot Rod right now? (laughs) Like that's pretty overkill. Did you see anything behind the scenes about like how much Common did? he, He specifically was saying how like, you know, he knew he had to really buckle in to yeah. do this role. And he said it was the kind of thing where, you know, you'd be working for hours and hours, like just training and you'd come home and like your neck's all messed up or something like that. You'd come in the next day and you go, yeah, like my neck's really sore. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they just put you in a head a headlock and they're like back at it. And he's like, it was like, there's no rest. You, you oh, just wow. had to so do it. So he did a lot of preparation. Yeah. Same with uh, Ruby. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Yeah. 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 She was, she was saying like, basically the, the director said to the actors or the director said, you are allowed to do pretty much as much as you want. Yeah. Or as little as you want. I mean, I'm assuming with Keanu, they're not like, you can do as little as you want. But so, so it was, they're hiring people who are like hungry to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Here's a potentially ignorant question. Yeah. Ruby Rose, she can speak, right? I don't think yeah. I've ever seen her in anything else. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, she's British because she had a, well, I think she's definitely she a, British because she, she had a British accent when she spoke on the thing I was watching. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess like in a, in a movie like this, and I don't want to make it about this at all, but it, it is like a little bit of a bummer that like, it, it, it's, it's a testosterone filled movie. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's fun. But, so there aren't many women in this movie and one of them can't speak <laughs> kind of sucks. I know yeah. while we were watching yeah. it, you were like the American sign language thing is really cool. That is cool. That that's not represented in movies a lot, but it is 
kind of a bummer that she doesn't have a voice yeah in this movie when it's a character that we already know is gonna die really fast right be- because we know there's gonna be that fight right between them that that's how i felt ap- upon the second viewing about her the only other woman that's in fair. the movie dies she kills in herself f- in three minutes after <laughs> yeah. her first yeah. scene i yeah. mean yeah that's that is very fair and all the other women that are in it he definitely kills yeah. um the one the thing that i said last night that i i've just been thinking is funny because recently we've there's been an influx of movies that have sign language in them mm-hmm. um which has been really cool and it's it's just funny i don't know how old sign language is but for a language that is literally visual yeah it's been used so little in film yeah like over the period of how we've had so many movies that it's like why are why isn't this in like more movies than it's not in it's literally showing and not telling yeah <laughs> and it just yeah so i just noticed that when we were watching yeah. it yep <laughs> i agree um <clears throat> so tunnels cassian fight throw down the stairs so yeah they end up back in the continental which obviously they can't fight anymore and, and I, I like, they, and they just end up in the Continental. You guys, <laughs> they're fighting in the catacombs, and they fight to the Continental, to well, the, and, into the doors of the Continental. And one thing, oh e- ever God. since watching this movie and knowing that you didn't like it, because I've seen it like two <laughs> or three times since, like the first time you said, "No, I don't like Chapter Two. Um, I, I do. I've always, I always think like every time Cassian and John Wick are fighting, I'm thinking Evan hates yeah. this so much <laughs> because you know there's like this thing, and I think it's really fun and cool, but it's goofy. Yeah. I mean, I am not gonna try and defend it as like a serious move. It's just fun to look at. Yeah, where they're literally like playing tag with their guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dart guns, and it's like pew pew, <laughs> jump down, pew pew, boom boom, boom boom, pew pew, and like when they're at the subway station and they're secretly trying to shoot each other so that no one else yeah. gets spooked or something. Even though those people are probably all assassins. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I do like about them crashing into the Continental, for me, it, it makes the ending of this movie when he kills Santino, it like drives home like how serious yeah. that is. Yeah. That he's going to do that. Um, oh, man. Maybe we can just skip to that part and then come back. Because I'm curious... Does the Santino killing scene, does that hit you at all? I think, I I just think it's interesting. John Wick does that two times. I feel like in the first scene with this car, you're led to believe that he is killing dozens of men and women, I think, in in this movie uh, (laughs) uh, for his car back. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we find out it's for the letter. Yeah. But you're led to believe it's for the car, and yet two seconds after he reacquires his car, he's willing to slam it into smithereens mm-hmm. um, yeah. to make his point or just because it's cool action or whatever. But it like, to me, there's a dissonance with the motivation. The motivation was to get his car back. And if he, if he gets his car back in a million pieces, I really, it just doesn't jive with me. And so what I'm getting to is in the continental scene, he disobeys the rules that have thus far saved him on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. And has he's, if you contrast it to the first movie, that one random assassin gal was for $3 million fine breaking continental Mm -hmm. rules. 
because I don't think it it was intended to the Continental was intended to be an authority figure, right? Know, you know, as it became. Um, but she's like three million dollars. Yeah, I'll break the rules. Ba 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 ba. Um, yeah. So I guess in that case, like the fact that he would break the rules, if you actually overlay it with that, makes a lot of sense to me. Like, mm -hmm. what's it worth to me? It's worth more than three million dollars, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. With with what they tried to build up in the um, in the second movie itself in isolation, I I guess it was. There was a part of me that went, okay, he's still kind of badass. He does what he mm -hmm. wants. You know, he has nothing left to lose. So he gets, yeah. he gets the bad guy in the mm -hmm. end. Yeah. I can see it. I, I know why they did it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we'll see. I was, I just had to, I had to know if that hit you in any meaningful way. So now we'll cut back, back at the, uh, continental in Rome, in Rome. And then I think this is when, uh, uh, Santino puts out a hit for him. It was and then kind he's of gonna... before this because oh, it was Ruby Rose and her team were like already going after him. Catacombs. So I think it was. Oh, right. I think it was decided before John Wick even really accepted the yeah. the job that he was gonna eliminate him well, once his job was done. Yeah, Ruby Rose comes to kill him, and when she fails, he he sets out the contract for everybody. The open oh, contract. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we have the operator girls. Yeah. I like the operator girls a lot. I Just like another fantasy thing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. This, For me, when one, I, I think I'm, I'm into it because it is so, oh, it's probably the most over to the top thing. Yeah. So it is besides like, the, besides the homeless thing. Okay, that yeah, that kind of tops besides, it all. <laughs> this one is more of a spectacle though. You know, it, it's just yeah. like, okay, that's, that's in this world. Let's just do and it. It's just fun that they use like old computers and they have to like print them out and stamp them and do all this like nonsensical like, stuff. I'm like, this like is a, cool. A, this a, rules. A action junkie dude's like best dream scenario of all of these women who are wearing office <laughs> full of tattoos <laughs> that like make them look badass. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with you that the world building in isolation, I am probably, I'm probably prone to that sort of thing. Like yeah. Yeah. the subversion of reality. Uh, I just don't like it when it, con when it's contrasted with the gritty totally. realism of the first one. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. saying it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the, the operator girls, big fan of that. Mm -hmm. And I like that they come back again at the end to put John Wick's hit on, hit on, hit out. Mm -hmm. And then this is when he starts making his way to New York. Yeah. Goes through the subway, fights with uh, Cassian. Um, fights the sumo guy and then a girl with the violin and then two other dudes who he kills with a pencil, which I think is cool. Oh, because yeah. they were like, he's killed a guy with a pencil before. So it was Hurts disgusting. Hurts to watch yeah. every time. But I always am like, I thought that is was it going to hurt this time? Yep, it does. A fun that. touch. Yeah. I, I will agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the like huge guy, he, he shoots him in the shoulder and then he shoots him like two he or three times him in the, the head. He sides a lot too. And then he try he uh, starts getting up, which of course is like more toward Evan's side of the argument where he's getting up after he's been shot in the head like three times and then he shoots him again. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Fights violin girl. Love it. I will say, too, throughout the movie, the action, there are a lot of the times. So I know in the forum, he was totally prepared with all the guns he needed. But so many other times in this movie, he runs out of things. 
and that's when he has to use his fist yeah. a lot. But I think it is fun that he just like starts taking guns from other people. He's starting to reload from other people. And then when sometimes when he his gun is out, he throws it at a person and then goes up to him and like steals their gun. Yeah. I think the choreography, and I know we're not saying the action's bad, but like the the choreography is like very it's inventive. Insane. No, and it's creative. very good. Yeah. Well, it, and I mean, like like we said last week, this is this is that thing where it's you know, Chad Stahelski, martial artist, stunt double, yeah. four years, worked with Keanu. It's like, I, I just don't know if someone who didn't have a vast knowledge of martial arts and had been doing this for years and years could direct a movie and have this cool of stuff happening. Right. And that that goes into, like, the Chinese tradition where you have, like, Yoon Wing Poo. Yeah. And he's just directing these movies that are, like, mind-blowing to look at because he does that stuff. Yeah. Or right. I, I don't know if Jackie Chan did much directing, but he he I think he did. I think he directed a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't or know. at least he was like the creative force that yeah. would like push these projects. And that's why all those movies are so cool. Yeah. Um, and so this is just like in that same vein. So it just is like shot to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love how he stabs uh, Cassian in the heart. Yeah. And he's like. I got the blade in your aorta. If you if you pull it out, <laughs> you'll die. Mm-hmm. But he's basically then this he's like saying if you if you if you get up, you die. You get you got a chance to live though. I'm not gonna kill you. I was a little offended though because uh-huh. that is a, a very much tell. Uh, the knife is in your aorta. As if, as if the master assassin he has been bested by a few times doesn't understand that, you know, like that's, that's purely for the audience to understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, and that kind of stuff pisses me off. Like the, the assassin with the knife in his heart knows that, that it's in his aorta or whatever. Like, so what would like a better scenario for you is like that happens. And then he just like says like, be seeing you. Yeah. And, like, or like, away. or something or, or just cutting out the part, the medical part. Yeah. Like we know the knife is in his heart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's right just there. saying like, I'm going to let you live. It's a professional courtesy or whatever. I'm sure there's a much better way to write that. Yeah, but I get that. But uh, yeah. just like the pandering. It's very uh, obvious. I'm, in to I'm into it. I'm into <laughs> it. Um, folks, tweet at what is it what's your handle uh evan coons at evan coons <laughs> and tell him mike is right no no i'm kidding we welcome your opinion and it's been very fun to have it um so cassian's out of the equation now so he goes to they should the... bring him back in like chapter four yeah i'll just say that that would be cool i i like common in this movie a lot i think it's a, a classic case of good casting i think he's good too um so we go to the um, art exhibit, the museum. And by the way, did you notice that like every scene has reflections in this movie? Yeah. It reminded me of when we were of Matrix One, how it's like almost every scene there's like a mirror or something that you're seeing the Keanu art, in. The art museum, you skipped the Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's getting it's easy chased. To do. Because it means literally nothing. You could cut yeah. it out, and I've, it doesn't change the movie. <laughs> so I that's actually true. You I, are right. <laughs> this is what I'll say about that. I can't remember what I felt the first time watching it this time, and this was the part of the movie where I was like, "This movie's got to be over." Yeah. And I think that's because upon seeing it the second time, it's like, "Why is this in the movie?" Seriously. So there's this whole thing. Okay. First of all, a, a very missed opportunity for foreshadowing because there's this whole pigeon thing, I guess, that's even at the end of the movie. You and see the, the well, pigeon. Yeah. Do you see that the 
putting like SIM cards yeah. in them. But there's no foreshadowing of that at all yeah. in the rest of the, before yeah. that happens. So when you get there, you're like, why do I care? What are these SIM cards? Like, well, yeah. you know, um, but also literally like the, he's like convinces. So, so he somehow ends up talking to a guy that he once tried, that he once killed without knowing that's who he was talking about. So he knows this like mystical, mm-hmm. what's his name? The Bowery guy. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. He's got like a... Uh, You're talking Fishburn right Fishburn's now? character has like a weird... Yeah. Morpheus. You know, <laughs> mi- mystical name. So he puts the thing in the jar and he says, take me to him. So he knows this. there's this figure in New York City that where he has all his eyes everywhere in these homes. Bowery people. King. Bowery King. His name's on, Evan. You're telling me you don't like a movie with a character <laughs> no, okay. named Bowery no, King. So the first thing you see, the first, the first interaction, he knows he's going to the Bowery King. He knows about the Bowery King. We don't know about the Bowery King. We've never heard of the Bowery King. And can't wait to find out. We see him, and then, and then the Bowery King's first words to John Wick is like, "You know, you once killed. You once tried to kill me. You gave me this scar. You don't remember this." And and so like the. That's so. Oh, yeah, that's that is kind of wild. But but he but but John Wick has no idea that that's who the Bowery King is, and then John Wick's like, "You have to help me," and he's like, "Why would I help you? You tried to kill me," and he's like, "Cause if you don't, Santiago's gonna take New York." <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Then, and so then this is the craziest part. He's like, "So are you gonna give me a gun?" So the whole thing that John Wick was trying to do when from when he put the, yeah. the money in a cup was to get a gun. Uh-huh. And the homeless yeah. guy shoots shoots those two guys uh-huh. in the head that were tra- that were chasing uh-huh. him in the subway. He shoots two guys, so he had a gun. He could have just asked for a gun and gave him a coin, but so he goes to the Bowery King and goes to the city figure. We have no idea who the Bowery King is. Yeah. Obviously, he cares about the power structure of New York. Yeah. So he says, "Or are you gonna give me a fucking gun?" And then uh-huh. and then Lawrence Fishworth pulls out this special gun and he says. I'm only giving you seven bullets. One okay. for each million. Okay, and that's not the worst part, though. The worst part <laughs> is those seven bullets are gone in like yeah. one minute later, and he throws away the gun. Yeah. So there's all this pomp and circumstance about getting the gun. Uh-huh. Maybe there's some symbolism I don't understand or something, but you could literally cut out that entire part, mm-hmm. and the movie would not be any different. And I gotta say, too, when you're like over an hour and a half into a movie... And yeah. you have to go to like someone who's called the Bowery King, yeah. like anyone who's in charge of anything. No matter what, I'm gonna be sitting there being like, oh, 15 more minutes, yeah. <laughs> at least. Well, and 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 his presence is not felt anywhere but his 15 right, minutes. So right. Like, yeah. Except for there's, I did notice a shot in the final sequence where there is pigeons. The pigeons like fly away. Yeah. I never. Yeah. I didn't put that together till this well, conversation. I don't even know if it's intentional to be honest, but. Like that's his, probably just a John. Woo I literally nod. was thinking at the last time, like, how'd they get all those pigeons up there? That's cool. <laughs> he's not at the high table. Yeah. He's not involved yeah. in the assassin thing. So we don't really know what he does other than no like idea. controls pigeons and maybe the he, homeless people who I, are I, homeless. What I took from it, and I could be wrong, but what I took from it is that because John Wick snuck up on him, gave him a scar, uh, he now sees all. That was like his origin story to become the Bowery King was because John Wick almost killed him. And now, because he has that line where he's like, now no one sneaks up on me. I see everything. So that's, that's his origin story. Like he's now he that's, and that's his presence in New York. Can I, can I make a rebuttal? Wait, wait, wait. It's almost like, 
uh, Fishburn, obviously an assassin at one point, because everyone is. Yeah. And he was <laughs> he was betrayed by an assassin who maybe he trusted. And then it's like, you know what? F all this. He gets out, but he doesn't just like creates retire. His own he creates his own system. And it's like, maybe that would be a little bit cooler. Maybe that's what they're even going for, but it's not explained very well yeah and you have ample opportunity of foreshadow before yeah. that you could hear about the bowery uh-huh. king or you could uh-huh. hear like also i i'm sorry i just have to this reminded me uh, maybe it comes back in the third movie but um the sister has this conversation with the with that guy in that yeah. room yeah and it mean it, about how like that's my territory now or something it made i watched oh, it yeah. three times i could not i could not yeah. decipher the dialogue and i was expecting it to come back into play uh-huh. and it doesn't so I have no idea why that's in there either. Yeah. So but that can, could have been a, a situation where like a reference to the Bowery King. So can I, yeah. can I make a rebuttal to the Bowery King and everything yeah. you just said, Evan? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you broke down that scene, that sequence pretty perfectly because yeah, I mean, you're right. As far as a story will, function okay, goes, so but wait, 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 okay, wait okay. no, no, hang on, way. hang on. No, no, me, oh, me, 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 fine. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel like it exists just to be like, it's Morpheus and Neo, guys. Yeah, that's exactly And I, yeah. I was yeah. the stunt devil in Matrix, and we've already made a couple Matrix references in John Wick 1. Let's do this one. And I kind of fall for that, you know? Like, I totally, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, I love Lawrence Fishburne. This guy can do no wrong, and he's just like, you know, way over the top. But, like, I'm loving everything he's doing. But you breaking down the story of it all? Yeah, it it actually doesn't serve a function in the movie. Yeah, and I, I'm what I'm nervous about with when we watch the third one again is if because I didn't really like it. I'm sure the listeners have got caught on to that by now. We're gonna like it though. But I, I'm kind of wondering if I, a lot of that movie story wise is gonna make me feel how I felt with the Lawrence Fishburne stuff, where it's just yeah. like, why though, mm-hmm. and what is going on. I do remember that the the third movie ends with a shot of Lawrence Fishburne sitting on, I think, a throne, and he the says, Game of Thrones throne. "Like there's a new king in town," yeah. and that was the last line of the movie. And it was like, or no, no, he says, "Time to go to war." So yeah, because I remember I was like, "Whoa!" I did not realize there were going to be more of these. I I assumed that, you know, it, it felt like that probably was the case that Lawrence Fishburne would come back in the third. I, I don't remember if he does or not from my, I don't remember. Watching well, he's Dark. in that, that last shot at least. So to me, that, that kind of is one of those things where if they write the second and third movie together, maybe you get a pass on that. Yeah. But if you take it in isolation, it's so bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, that leads John to have seven bullets in his gun, which like you said, he loses in about, Five and a half seconds. I mean, I do like this on on like a functionality level. I do like the fact that he it's like seven bullets. Have to find another one. Use it. Find but another one. He could have done that. He could have done that, that anyway. He had that yeah, ran out. Yeah, really fast. I, but yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> that's just I hadn't thought of it the way that you're saying, and I'm like, he's just right. There's not like a way to loop around and be like, actually, Evan. And, you know, it's like no, that just doesn't work. And so we have this whole fight through this art gallery. Mm-hmm. He's reloading, throwing guns, uh, grabbing new guns. Once they're out, he throws them. And then them. he gets to the mirror room. I'm checking Twitter on my phone. <laughs> oh, come on. Twitter's not as good as this. <laughs> Goes to like the mirror reflection room. Which I thought was in the third movie. 
It's because lost. Oh my gosh. You okay? <laughs> In the third movie, he fights. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. In the third movie, he fights um, a couple of like I, I assassins know. with swords and like. I, but I think it's like all glass. Yes, so I, it looks I remember really that part. similar. So it totally I know, makes I really, sense. I don't think I'm. I don't think it's because of that. Oh, okay. So stop telling me what I. <laughs> okay, <laughs> jeez. Um, but uh, all of this, there, there are still shots where every time, I, it makes me feel silly every time I'm watching this. Where it'll show an angle, you know, it's like this funhouse mirror kind of thing. And then someone moves or someone gets shot. And I'm like, wait, I thought they were <laughs> like this way or something. Or like that last shot where Keanu's walking out of it. And it, like, I can't figure out that. I think they have like a camera strapped to him oh, or something. I understand what you're saying. How you can't see the camera? Well, or no, how not, they edited it out? No, just, where, where it's just like, oh, I thought he was moving this direction. But then something changes. Or yeah. they, they shoot someone that was on the left side of the screen, but he's aiming toward the right. And I'm yeah. like, that, all of that stuff is just really effective, I think. Yeah. Like, it, they just use that environment so well. Yeah. I like it. What else do we think about the reflection room? <laughs> I mean, where 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 is that in reality? Like, I, I get, they did a little like, welcome to the New York Museum and yeah. light prism. Welcome to the exploration of light. And that's like... Yeah, this is a this is a set piece for an action movie. That's what this That's is. That's what we need. <laughs> action movies gotta have set pieces. Um, and then this Sam, is when Ruby Rose dies. Yeah, or, I guess we don't see her die, but he yeah, and she her. says "be seeing you." Yeah. Um, and then he goes back to the Continental, and Santino says he's sitting there and he's like, "Man." A man could live here for a long time without even eating the same meal twice. Mm-hmm. He's talking, and he's saying how, like, you know, you know John, I was going to kill you, and I'm still... Well, I don't, I'm trying to remember what he actually says, but he, he just well, says... I think he's just kind of, like, saying, like, think before you do something. And then while he's doing that, or talking to him, Winston is trying to get him to stop. Yeah, he He's keeps, trying to get John to, like, calm down. He's like, John, yeah. John, and because and Winston sees what's about to happen. And uh, this scene, especially in the theaters, like I, I was like so wrapped up that when he shot him, I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. You can't do that!" Like they and, told you, you can't do that. <laughs> and every time I watch it, I just I think it's such an effective, effective scene that it's it's just like wild to me every time. And and I, but I'm like a sucker for this whole last sequence, like when he's out in Central Park and he starts running. I just remember when I left the theaters, I was like, bring it on, baby. Like, like I had felt like they told a complete story, but I was like, I can't wait to get my hands on John Wick 3. I was just like, why? Like, John Wick has proven himself to every single one of these people. Everywhere he goes, everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. They all bend over backwards for him. They all know who he is. You know, he's he's at the table with this continental guy. Just... Everyone knows that uh, that Santiago or whatever his name is reneged on his marker, mm-hmm. right? Like they know he's out to kill John. Just give him a pass. He's John Wick, mm-hmm. you know. Like, uh, like how much he, fun would that be to watch, Evan? He, this guy is the top of the Continental thing. Apparently, he's like the head of the high table or something. I don't know. He's like, he's like the the Continental guy or uh-huh. whatever, and he can't just he can he can extend 
John Wick's time by one hour, but he can't just make it all go away, really. No, he can't. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if you... if Wouldn't that be a good ending, though, don't you think? Like, you see it enforced for everyone else, but then all of this... All of this... Um, reputation and this superpower, the superhero John Wick stuff he's been building for all his life is it, it amounts to something, you know, he gets, yeah. he, he gets some, something out of it by, by like saying, you know what, you've earned a pass on this one or something yeah. like it, that. That's a good ending too. I think, I, I mean, maybe if I saw yeah. it, I disagree, but I, it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they told us Evan, they told us at least one time, no killing in the Continentals, right? Time, Just yeah. once? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, the whole ending with Winston and he, you know, we've kind of already talked about it, mm-hmm. but where where John Wick starts running, credits roll, his dog's with him He gives and stuff. him an hour. He gives him an hour. And, and I do, this is one thing that I really love about the third movie is how it starts like the hour start over. Mm-hmm. And like this is the beginning of the movie, so it's cool that it's just yeah. like it continues right away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love this movie. <laughs> I hope, I hope for all you John Wick two heads out there, I hope I defended it enough for you. <laughs> um, but I don't know what else. What else do we want to say about this movie? I love the first one. I think I like the second one. Is where okay. I'm at right now. And you don't like? I mean, come on, you don't like it. No, I don't. Yeah. I but, love the first one. Yeah. So, I, okay. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? I think that if the listener really likes the third movie, what they have already heard today, they might be a little bummed out about the next episode. I, I, I have a feeling I might be changing my tune on chapter three, though, on this viewing. Whoa, that's crazy. I think I might be. Because I and, think it's because of three that I maybe switched two from like from love to like. Sure. But, but I mean, there's something to be said for any movie that does at least something excellently that, that sometimes I'm fine with like overlooking things. Yeah. So these movies, it's like mission impossible. They, they do these sequences that are like, this is just, this sequence is better than most whole movies. So it's like I give you a pass, although I think for the most part the Mission Impossibles, I I would defend their storytelling and all that stuff too, except for Mission Impossible Two, that's a bad one. But mm. those are good movies, and I think this is in that same camp for me. Although I think I do like Mission Impossibles better, but <laughs> where where it's like the the action is so excellent, the action is like twelve out of ten. Mm-hmm. So you get a you get a you get a little boost on some of your other stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's how I feel about. I I think a lot of stuff. I agree with that for me as well. And my final thought is, for for my personal preference, twelve out of ten action does not a good movie make. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it does. It does. <laughs> We've watched a lot of those martial arts movies where it's like the story of this doesn't make sense and is bad. But, but this is a good cool. movie. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let me look at the calendar here. Wow, it's the 28th of January and next week it will be February and we will be covering John Wick chapter 3. There will be no other movies that will get in our way. And of course, this month on Patreon we're covering Nobody. Mm-hmm. And next month we're going to cover something. I don't know what yet. 
but it'll be in the description of this episode, patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Are we going to do our interstellar beef? Oh, should we do the interstellar beef? Wow. I'd love to. We can do the interstellar beef. I think, uh, just the, the further I've, I, I, I have, cause okay. We had a pretty big beef folks. (laughs) Evan and I, where I was just like, Interstellar's my favorite movie, and and I like couldn't accept to him. And and let me make sure you tell my side right. Yeah, Interstellar is the th- the first three quarters of Interstellar yeah. is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think the, what what I mean to say is the more I do this podcast, listen to other podcasts, watch more movies and stuff, the more I actually have grown to be like. It's okay for, you know, like having you on chapter two, four years ago, I would have been like, we can't have Evan on chapter two. I like that movie. <laughs> but it's like, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. But we've gone a long way. But yeah, let's beef it. Great. You don't like the end of the movie. You think Are it takes- it now? You I think it takes- it Patreon. That was what I was suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a plug, folks. <laughs> See you next week. I mean, I don't want to jump on your Patreon shows. I just... Oh, no. I, I thought if you needed some content, we've been talking... It's been yeah. building up for four and a half years. I think it needs to happen. So we're going to do... Um, I think we'll still do a normally scheduled Patreon episode, but we'll do an additional extra mini-sode where Evan and I will discuss <laughs> the ending of Interstellar. <laughs> Great. Maybe we should just throw away all the nice things we said, though, and just be, like, yelling at each other. We'll make it, like, a true fight, you know? Just the well, only thing is you have to remain friends by the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, because... <laughs> yeah. Gearing up for a fight, baby. I think... I think I think Micah's matured since then, so we're good. What did you say? I think Micah's matured since then, so I think we're okay. Yeah. And you have two. Hey. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Bye.